Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 369. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and today we're looking at releases from the week of Wednesday, April the 27th. There is actually a ton of comics that came out last week, and for the first time in a long time, I read a lot of them. Uh, most of them Marvel by the looks of it, but uh, I did read a lot. Uh, the books I did not get a chance to read, uh, that's right, we're jumping right into this episode, uh, include Art Ops, Batgirl, Black Canary, Deathstroke, Grayson, which I completely missed, uh, Jack, Harley Quinn, Justice League 3001. One, Omega Men, Secret Six, Teen Titans, We Are Robin, Micronauts, Strawberry Shortcake. That's right, I mentioned that one. X Files, Saga, uh, Angela, Queen of Hell, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider Man, Con- Contest of Champions number two. That's the longest title ever. Uh, um, maybe not ever, but it's pretty long. Uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and X-Men Worst X-Man Ever. So if that's what I didn't read, what the hell did I read? Well, it's a ton of comics. Um, In fact, I think I added up. It's about 25 comics, and I like to keep these reviews episodes relatively brief, usually 10 to 20 minutes. So in order to do that, we're going to have to do a super ultra speed round, um, which is going to be ridiculous. So let's see what we can do about this. Uh, First up, we have... Uh, let's see, All New Wolverine, number seven. Uh, I really, really dug this. I thought it was a really good issue. Since this book began, I think it's been a really solid read. Uh, this issue is is just really, really good and really unexpected. It's written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Marcio Takara. Um, it has a great kind of opening where uh, kind of showing Laura dealing with, you know, when Wolverine was trying to take off once um, and dealing with these kind of feelings of abandonment. Uh, potential abandonment because he didn't actually leave um, and then she has this crazy team up with Squirrel Girl which is just so ludicrous yet extremely well done um, and it really kind of makes the relationship between X on that old Wolverine and her clone kind of going in a different uh, interesting direction really dug this it was really strong storytelling uh, by the creative team and really kind of got you into the heads of uh, where Laura is right now and her relationship with her younger clone really well done uh, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 I think it was an extremely solid read and I think since the beginning this book has just been uh, a real joy it's been a really interesting book I'm not even a huge X-23 fan or Laura Kinney fan but this book has really made me appreciate her and so has um, Dennis Hopeless's take on all new X-Men as well uh, next up is Amazing Spider-Man. This is issue 11 by Dan Slott with artwork by Giuseppe Camincoli. Not a huge fan of this. Um, I just felt like things just kind of happened and it didn't really feel that earned and the I don't know, the, the writing wasn't that solid. I, I don't think we really got much and I... Uh, like no, uh, friends of the show Dan Gabazdan, he he runs the Amazing Spider Talk podcast, and he had an episode that he talked about with this issue with Mark Janocchio, and they really kind of hit the nail on the head that this issue is a lot of setup. It's a lot of teases for upcoming things, but doesn't really do a lot on its own. And even the big kind of ending isn't really an ending. It's just setting up when we'll see the next appearance of the Zodiac. So I'm going to give it a five. The artwork I liked by Cam and Coley. Um, Something it's got a nice kind of modern look to it. I mean, chemical A generally does, but I've really enjoyed it. Uh, his art, at least. The story, not so much. Uh, next up, we have Assault on Pleasant Hill Omega, number one, by um, Nick Spencer and a few different artists. Um, I guess, pri- who's the primary artist here? We've got uh, Daniel Acuna with Angel Inzueta. Um this book was an odd one. It felt like it was a lot of different stories being told. Because you have the main story... Well, not even the main story. You have the story of Zemo versus versus Steve Rogers. You also have a story of what's going on with Kobuk. You also have this you know random story of Quasar, which I didn't see coming. 
Um, you also see a setup to the Thunderbolts, but not all the setups are even that well handled. Um, so it just felt like an odd book in that I don't really get what the point was. Like, it just felt like there was a lot of different types of stories happening at once, but it wasn't sure which story it wanted to be telling. Um, and I think it diluted it somewhat. Some of the tie-ins were strong, but when you look at the overall event, what did it really achieve? And it was just kind of the fact that the... You know, you'd read the tie-ins and they didn't really intersect with each other. And that was both good and bad. You had the Avengers books intersecting, but they weren't really intersecting with Cap until it was the end. And then Cap was kind of the thoroughfare. Like, it, it was it was an odd, an oddly paced event. Um, overall, I think it did have its moments. Um, and I thought the ending, again, had its moments. But then you had a lot of epilogue that I don't know if it was really solid enough of, of an epilogue to really feel like it was earned. Um, can I say that this event really spun things off into a new bold direction? I don't really think so because it wasn't even clear what the directions really were. Uh, so I'm going to give it a, a six out of ten. Um, the artwork by um, Akuna again. I've been more of a fan of his recently than I have been in the past. Uh, I think it just sometimes is based on which title it is. Um, I think the problem with my history with Akuna has been that my first real interaction with his art, I think, was when he did The Flash, um, when Wally West had kind of returned to being The Flash um, after Bart Allen was murdered, um, and he returned, and I think Mark Wade was writing it at the time, and it just wasn't good. Um, the story wasn't solid, but also the art was just not a good fit. Um, but ever since, whenever I've seen Akuna's stuff, I've actually started to enjoy it a lot more, so I think that maybe... There's just certain types of storylines, certain characters his 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 pencils or his uh, his art isn't the best fit for, and there are some where it is. Um, so sometimes it really works, and sometimes it doesn't. I think it's that simple. Uh, next up, we have Batman Fifty One. Uh, this is the end of the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo run. Um, I thought this was serviceable, but I I don't know if I really cared for it. Um, I get it's supposed to kind of be Batman kind of reacquainting himself with his city, and uh, but I, I just I wasn't a huge fan of it, and I just found that as a Dunham one, it it left me a little cold, um, which was surprising because I was excited to read you know what their last story was, and I liked that it was quieter. I just don't think it was necessarily that interesting or entertaining. Uh, so I give it a six out of ten. Next up is Carnage number seven. This I absolutely adored. Uh, it's written by Jerry Conway, artwork by Mike Perkins. Jerry Conway is such an old school, but such a solid, uh, great writing style. Like he's a great writer. Um, he really moves, knows how to move things along, knows how to write these characters. And then Mike Perkins is such a modern sensibility as well. Uh, this was just. Uh, really thrilling and entertaining. It's a lot of setup and kind of getting the band back together, but it's really well done. And some of the stuff is almost absurd, but it's so cool. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Solid, solid book, and it has been since the beginning. Uh, next up is Cyborg number 10. I found this very forgettable. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan. It had some emotional beats, but a lot of it just didn't work. Um, Interesting. It's written by Marv Wolfman, artwork by Ivan Reyes. He did the layouts, at least, and Felipe Watanabe, Daniel Hoare, and Julio Ferreira are the actual pencilers. Um, it had some interesting concepts, but it just felt very tedious. Um, again, there were some really interesting aspects in the more emotional, kind of um, character-heavy cent- or character-centric moments, I think worked. I just don't think there was enough of them, and there was enough of this kind of weird bait-and-switch that didn't really work, so I'm going to give it a six. Uh, next up, we have Daredevil number six. 
Uh, I, I really don't even know what to think of this. I'm going to give it an 8, I think, because I did think it was well done. Um, I continue to think that the artwork by uh, on this book is really good. Um, it's not by... Um, uh, Ron Garney here instead it's by Matteo Bufagni who I wasn't a huge a fan on when he did um, Amazing Spider-Man recently however it made me realize as much as I really like Ron Garney's artwork Matt Miller is really a huge part of what's making this book pop for me right now on a visual sense because his colors are just gorgeous um, the story by Sewell is definitely entertaining and interesting because um, we get to see a whole new kind of um, take on the Electra Daredevil relationship now that you know, she and I am I missing something, but they still haven't revealed how Matt did this. Um, I could be crazy. Uh, it's possible because I, I read a lot of comics, as is evidence on the show. So it's possible I forgot something. But I feel like we still don't know how everyone doesn't know that he's Daredevil anymore. But he keeps alluding to the fact that it was a conscious decision. It was something he did. And it's his fault that people have like, fractured memories now. So Electro remembers being with Daredevil and being with Matt Murdock, but doesn't remember the same person. And it's interesting. It definitely lends a new um, dynamic. It's something that, that does feel fresh. And it's very different. But I just want to know how it happened. And I feel like... I, I feel like Sewell's almost set him up for for failure here. And this is not meant to be a dig against him. But I think in any writer to go back on what happened before... Because we have such a long history, first of all, of certain characters knowing who Daredevil was. And then we have the amazing Mark Wade run where everyone kind of knew it. And it was all out in the open, especially after he moved to San Francisco. And now to go back on that and take a, such a heel turn and now have him, you know people not knowing it's really frustrating to not know how that happened that being said the story possibilities of people not knowing is fantastic um it was one of those kind of squandered chances uh in the brand new day era uh of spider-man was kind of seeing you know exactly what these people thought so this is like because they knew who spider-man was and now they didn't and i feel like it's being played up a little bit more here because daredevil is really thinking about it um it's something he's actively worried about and kind of lamenting um, so I'm, I'm hoping we get to see more of this by Sewell. Uh, next up is Doctor Strange number seven. Um, it's okay. Uh, we get to see a little bit more of the empirical characters, especially the Lord Imper- Imper- Imperator or Imperator. Um, written by Jason Aaron, artwork by uh, Chris Piccolo. Not a huge fan of the art. Um, I don't know. It just feels muddied at times. Not always clear exactly what's happening. Uh, or the characters just look a little too young or... The, the line work is not always as, as detailed as I think maybe it could be. Um, I think this story was better, um, a l- little bit more interesting than I found it was in the last issue, hoping that it doesn't take too long to kind of rebuild magic. Um, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, next up is the Doctor Strange Last Days of Magic one-shot, um, which kind of leads into issue number 7. Um, Jason Aaron wrote the framing sequence, and Leonardo Romero did the art in the framing sequence. There's a Doctor Voodoo story by Jory Dugan and Danilo Bayruth, and then The Woo by James Robinson and Mike Perkins. Um, I like the framing sequence. Um, I did enjoy the, sh- the, the, uh, the issue. I thought it was at times a little long, um, but I thought it was entertaining, and Perkins' artwork is brilliant as always. Um, uh, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna say I think I enjoyed it more than issue number seven of Doctor Strange, so I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Uh, next is Drax number six. Uh, this rem- remains kind of a fun romp of a book by CM Punk and Colin Bunn with Skep- Scott Hepburn on the breakdown, Scott Hanna and Scott Hepburn on finishes. Um, it's a fun 
uh, fast-paced, frenzied Drax story. Um, it's not necessarily you know needing to know a lot about character, you know, the character's history. It's very much point and shoot, but it's fun and enjoyable. Um, it, it's a it's a solid and enjoyable read. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Um, next up is International Iron Man number two. I didn't really care for this. Um, the artwork by Malieve, I think, is a little... It doesn't quite look right. Uh, I don't really think this looks like any Tony Stark we know. Um, it, it, I mean, it's good art, but I just don't buy that this is Tony Stark. Like, doesn't Something qu- doesn't quite jive with me. Um, the action sequences aren't as clear as they could be uh, later on. Um, I'm just not that big a... In- uh, I'm not that interested in the actual storyline that Bendis is doing here, um, which is interesting because for the most part I have been enjoying his his run on the main book, but here I just I found it kind of tepid um, and not that interesting. And the whole if they're going to get to the point of the fact that you know he, um, Tony is adopted, get there already. Um, find out more about your parents faster. I just feel like it's a little bit too much of a slow burn. Um, and not one I'm super invested in at this point. And part of me just wishes, can't Tony's dad just be a dude? Does it have to be somebody? I guess it has to be, but because it's comics, just like in the Star Wars, and you know, you're not just part of any family. You're usually part of a Skywalker family. So anyway, uh, Justice League 49. I liked this, but again, I found it frustrating because, well, it's interesting. I think I'm frustrated for the same reason I enjoyed the Rogue War, which was a storyline about. 12 years ago in The Flash by Jeff Johns. Uh, Because in that book, it started off with you were telling a certain story about the Rogue War. So you had the two factions of rogues fighting each other, those who had reformed versus those who hadn't. And then the top showed up. This is from memory, so forgive me if I'm wrong. But I believe the top showed up, and then he kind of corrected some of their memories. And then... um, Zoom showed up, and then Professor Zoom showed up, or something like this. Like, a lot of stuff like that. And then Barry Allen showed up. So every issue, you had this escalation, but you also had this transformation as the storyline became something more than what it was before. It was evolving into what the story that Jeff Johns actually wanted to tell. So we started off with X versus Y. And by the end, you weren't dealing with that anymore. You're dealing with Z plus M plus N. Like, it was a, it was a completely different equation, but it was a natural sequence from where you started, but it was a little strange. Um, that's how I feel about Justice League in this Dark Side War, is that you started off with, you know, being relatively simple. Dark Side versus Mobius. Okay. And then you had Dark Side dying, and you had all these other characters taking on his aspects, and they're fighting Mobius. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it just feels like, we're, we're having just almost too much happening, but at the same time, when things happen, it's it, it's escalating and evolving the conflict, but it doesn't always make as much sense. Whereas when I read that Rogue War storyline by the, in the Flash, it felt like every issue is just you're ratcheting up the stakes. It was becoming something exciting. Uh, you were like, oh my god, how is this? What's going to happen next? It was this crazy escalation. Whereas when I read this Justice League storyline, I just feel like, what's going on? What's the point? Like, it almost feels like it's losing me because I'm not really sure what the point is anymore. So here, you have Lex Luthor empowered at the power of Darkseid. And he's able to go up against um, uh, Mobius. Uh, It ends up being Steve Trevor, who was abducted but transformed not even in the main book. And he appears to be the one who kills Mobius. And now he's going to destroy everyone? And it's just like, wait, what? Uh, and I just feel like there's a lot of heel turns here. And almost too much things are actually... There's too much going on and not enough going on at the same time. We have the birth of Super, Superwoman's child. 
Um, you know, we have the CSA doing their own stuff. Like, this is the ninth chapter. There's one chapter left, and I'm not even sure what's happening. Uh, it's written by Jeff Johns, artwork by Jason Fabok. Jason Fabok's artwork is absolutely gorgeous. If he could do every issue of Fantastic, uh, sorry, of Justice League forever, that'd be great because his his artwork is absolutely gorgeous. If only the story he was illustrating was better, I would say it's more like a, a nine out of ten for the sto- for the art, and maybe a five or a six, uh, maybe a five for the story overall. So five plus nine is fourteen, so it's still a seven out of ten, but it's just it's heavily weighted for the artwork for me. Uh, next up is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This book I find absolutely charming. Um, I wasn't sure when the book started, but it's so enjoyable. It's written by Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader. Artwork by Natasha Bustos. Um, this is just a really strong portrayal of the main character, um, her interactions with her family, uh, her interactions with Devil Dinosaur, and finally going up against the, the Moon Men or whatever, or these, I forget what they're called, but these cavemen. Um, the last page is absolutely tragic. Like, the look on her face, on the main character's face, as she sees that the Terrigen Mists are there and she didn't have enough time to prepare. And she's so nervous and scared. And then she turns into the cocoon. And the devil dinosaur just takes it home and, and watches over it and is, and is nervous and scared. Absolutely heart-wrenching. Like, it's not, I, I just found that very affecting. I I think this is that this is an 8.5 eight out, out of 10. Like, an absolutely brilliantly uh, crafted book. Um, the main character is precocious but adorable. The way in which um, Devil Dinosaur is written is really a lot of fun. The artwork is great. Uh, we've got so much story in six issues. I'm going to give this an eight and a half. Like I said, this is absolutely worth reading. Uh, next up is Miss Marvel. This is issue number six. I enjoyed this, but not as not as much as I had previous issues. Uh, but I did like kind of the ending. Um, and uh, it's written by G. Willow Wilson. I work by Nico Leon. Leon, the art remains... There's a certain visual style that this book has had since the beginning, and this continues it. Um, it's really nice to see Miss Marvel's um, sibling or, or her brother get married. Uh, we get to see her kind of realizing that she can't be everyone to everyone, everything to everyone, and she has to be able to, prior- to prioritize and can't lose herself. Um, the whole you know kind of plot with the uh, the replicants of her—that's not the strongest aspect of the plot line, but how it moves the characterization forward is strong so that's i think what helps save the issue and then seeing tony stark and uh, miss marvel confronting each other was kind of enjoyable as well i'm going to give this a seven out of ten uh next up is old man logan uh this is issue number five uh this felt like we were back on pace um the end of the last issue felt like it was it was just oddly oddly done and this issue felt like we were back to where we should be Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino are the creative team here. Um, Wolverine, or Old Man Logan, takes his leave um, from the uh, the X-Men, goes on a, on a ride, uh, has flashbacks to how he met his wife uh, in the future, ends up kind of meeting her now, and resolves that he's going to try and protect her. Although we know, of course, that she probably won't be end up being protected because the Reavers are on their way. Or at least who I believe is the Reavers, it definitely looks like... Um, Lady Deathstrike. So this was gorgeous, gorgeous issue. Uh, really affecting. Again, I think the, the writing by Jeff Lemire is so strong here, and yet in Extraordinary X-Men, I found it doesn't motivate me at all. It doesn't move me. But the way he writes Logan here is just really, really affecting stuff. Uh, next up is Patsy Walker Hellcat, uh, a.k.a. Hellcat, I should say, issue number five. 
Yet another enjoyable, silly issue, but so good. It's by Kate Leth and Brittany L. Williams. Um, really like how the character is portrayed. She gets to kind of a team up with uh, She-Hulk and some other heroes um, as they try to escape from the um, Enchantress wannabe. Interesting ending with Jessica Jones. I like how the issue kind of had two endings as well. Um, really solid stuff. I'm going to give this uh, an 8 out of 10. It's just such a such a joy to read. Like it's nice to read fun books that are have a sense of humor to them, and not everything is always so serious. That being said, Sinestro is a really good book, even though it's you know exceptionally uh, serious and takes itself very much so. It's written by Colin Bunnar, worked by Martin Cocolo, uh, as we are kind of building up to the Red Lanterns fighting against the Sinestro Corps. Of course, the Sinestro Corps is uh, going through a lot now because we have a change in leadership. Um, I'm interested to see how this book is going to wrap up, considering that we have Rebirth just right around the corner. I do like it, though. 7 out of 10. Uh, next up is Spider-Woman. I finally got myself caught up on the current uh, arc of... Uh, what is it? Just called Spider-Woman? Yeah, Spider-Woman number 4. Um, it's confusing when the issue is called Spider-Woman. Um, so it's Spider-Woman number 6, which is Spider-Women number f- part 4. It's written by Dan- Dennis Hopeless and artwork by Joelle jo- 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 Jones. Uh, who has a, a very clean, brisk style, which is almost a little a more polished than we usually have in this book. Not saying anything against the usual artists of this book, but it's definitely a little bit more standard for superhero stuff as opposed to um, the more, what's the word, indie fare that we sometimes get in Spider-Woman. But I, don't, I think that's giving everyone, I feel like that's being unfair to every artist involved, both this one and the regular artist, um, Rodriguez. I will say it's a different look. Um, the colors pop in a slightly different way, um, but it's still a very entertaining book. Um, excited to kind of see where they go from here, as we still have what four more chapters to go. Um, but it, you know, it feels like we're we're moving along naturally. Uh, I have to say, I like that every chapter of the one of the series feels like it's still moving that character's particular story forward, and that's definitely how I felt about this issue of Spider Woman. Uh, although I am excited to get back to non Spider Women um, uh, hijinks, because I do want to see more about what's going on with the baby and and seeing how help hopeless kind of manages it at all. Uh, next up is Spidey number five. This book is an absolute joy. I wasn't so sure of it when it started, but I've really come to enjoy it. Our work on this issue is by Andrea Andre Lima Arruyo. Our work by sorry, it's written by Robbie Thompson. Um, it's a fun, uh, you know, Green Goblin versus Spider Man story. Um, you know, it, it definitely feels like it's. It tries to be two things. It tries to be kind of this in its own Spidey continuity, while at the same time being part of ASM continuity. Um, but uh, very enjoyable, and uh, yeah, Spidey remains a surprisingly solid book. I say surprisingly just because sometimes these somewhat old ages, um, new reader friendly books don't always work, and they're not. They don't always feel like they're worth it. Uh, which is unfair, I know, but sometimes it's just the feeling that you get. This feels like it's worth it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Next up is Squadron Supreme, number 6. Really enjoyed this uh, this book. This goes on the um, under this, the um, perspective of uh, Dr. Spectrum. Written by James Robinson with artwork by Leonard Kirk and Paolo, Paolo Villani. Villanelli, sorry. Um, really interesting kind of with power... Um, my God... What's wrong with me today? Um, Dr. Spectrum kind of dealing with, you know, how she survived, 
the destruction of her world and then coming face to face with the one of those architects of its destruction and her salvation at the same time uh, as well as we're kind of moving along the storyline uh, for the squadron um, I dug this actually a lot I thought it was a, a very strong read and it felt a little bit more focused than maybe some of the more recent issues had been uh, next up is Star Wars 18 this was a, another uh, very enjoyable fun book um Moving along the current storyline with everyone, with uh, Leia, uh, Dr. Afra, and Sana being stuck on this prison. Well, at the same time, Luke and uh, Han are on their way to try and, uh, you know, rescue them. Um, it definitely felt very cinematic uh, with a good sense of, of, um, of stakes. And the last issue, sorry, the last page was definitely cool with, um, I'm, I'm hoping that it ends up paying off in terms of being a thrilling ending to the storyline. Um, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, this issue is, I believe, by Jason Aaron and Lionel Francis Yu, and it is. Uh, next up is Star-Lord number 6. I enjoyed this more than the first five issues, um, for the most part. It was an interesting kind of uh, split issue, as we have um, both Kitty Pride and Peter Quill dealing with their, you know, their separation from each other, and they're having the, oh, so many issues and breaking up, and they... Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they're really kind of reconciling them. They end up going on a mi- deciding that they're going to go on a mission for Iron Man or someone who they believe is Iron Man. They end up going up against a bunch of uh, weird <laughs> other versions of themselves called the uh, the Star Cat Squadron, which is actually hilarious. Um, they go up against the Collector. I hate this interpretation of the Collector. It just looks so stupid. Uh, obviously, it's more or less inspired by the movie, but it's terrible looking. Uh, for the most part, besides that last page, I did find it to be an enjoyable issue. And again, better than the most recent issues had been. Uh, next up is Superman Wonder Woman. Um, the artwork in this book is fantastic. Um, it's by Ed Bennis. It really knocks it out of the park. Peter J. Tomasi does a great job on the story. Um, as we get more... Um, on who this you know character who thinks that Superman is and how they have these abilities, um, and then we also have you know some other characters that we've had in the book recently, like Ulysses, show up again and fight Superman. Um, this this was great. I thought this was actually a lot of fun, very enjoyable, um, and I'm not even surprised because Peter Tomasi is awesome. He's a great writer, and the artwork by Bennis is just magnificent. Um, he's just such a great artist. You, you don't see him around as much anymore, but he's just got such a great visual sensibility. Um, and seeing him here, like it reminded me of how he made Superman look in his Supergirl uh, run they did with Peter David. Or he did a few issues. I don't know how long he actually did. Um, and it was just, it's so good. Uh, next up is Ultimates number six. This was a lot of fun, very enjoyable. Um, great kind of story. Uh, as we see, Galactus is kind of the, the protagonist here. It's written by Al Ewing, artwork by Christian Ward as the guest artist. Um, yeah, so Galactus has to kind of deal with what he knows. He ends up being uh, faced by with uh, Lord Chaos and Master Order. He has a bit of a tete-a-tete with them, which is actually really enjoyable. And then he has a conversation with Owen Reese, Molecule Man. He has a, a brief little sit-down. Um, and it's all about kind of the rock of the mountain. Um, if you read it, it'll make more sense. This is this was really really good. Uh, I'm going to give this an eight. I've I was apparently really impressed with a lot of books that came out this week. Considering I read 25 books, I guess that's not a surprise. And next, uh, last but not least, is Venom Space Knight. This is issue number six by Robbie Thompson, Ariel Olivetti. Ariel Olivetti's art really really works here. I think it's very appropriate. 
Um, and I'm not always a huge fan of his work, but here I think it was just really, really well done. Uh, great, great story um, of, you know, Flash and uh, the Clintar, uh, the symbiote, if you want to call it that, um, having, you know, more of an understanding than they ever had in the past. The symbiote dealing with its own stuff and obviously having its own issues. Uh, Flash having his, um, getting a crew on his ship. Um, this was a, a fun issue, but also, you know, had a, a lot of good characterization that really kind of moved the characters forward. And I say characters because, again, I am including the symbiote in that number. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. So that's everything I got a chance to read, but hell, that was 45 books, so uh, not not bad. Um, moving forward next week, or uh, tomorrow, May 4th, um, some of the following uh, highlights are coming out. we got the Batman and Robin Volume 7 trade paperback, Robin Rises. Uh, another chapter of uh, Final Days in Batman Superman. Uh, a new issue of Detective Comics, Flash 51, the Gotham Central Omnibus hardcover. Oh, I so totally want this, but I have the hardcovers and cannot justify buying the omnibus unless I sell these hardcovers. So if anyone wants these hardcovers for like a hundred bucks, let me know. You can you can have my original hardcovers for Gotham Central because I really want to get this omnibus. Uh, we got new issues of Green Lantern, uh, the Green Arrow trade paperback volume 5, Black Arrow, uh, JLA trade paperback volume 8, um, the uh, Scooby-Doo team-up number 16, Superman, the coming of the Superman number 4, which I've actually kind of dug more than I ever would have expected. Um... It's just something about it just works for me. Uh, My Little Pony, Friends Forever, number 28. Uh, TMNT, Allies and Enemies, Shade Paperback, Uncle Scrooge, 14. Walt Disney Comics and Stories, number 731. Uh, From Image, you got the new issues of Revival, Saints, Violent, Walking Dead, uh, Wicked and Divine, Wolf. Uh, we've got the Fuse Trade Paperback. From Marvel, we've got new issues of A-Force, All New Humans, um, the first trade paperback for All New X-Men, The Inevitable, Ghosts of Cyclops. Uh, we've got uh, the Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 1 new reprinting, uh, collecting the entire Stan Lee and Steve Ditko run. That's a lot of issues, but it's, goddamn, it's great. Uh, what's nice about the newer volumes of the uh, omnibuses that they're reprinting is that they're using thinner paper. The original one I have is very, very thick paper, uh, so it's a super heavy, large tome. The only thing is that uh, they've stopped doing the kind of the faux leather binding, uh, which I do think is a, a shame. Uh, we've got uh, new issues of uh, Black Widow, which I'm super pumped for. The Avengers Iron Man trade paperback uh, for, called Forceworks, collecting, I think, the entire Forceworks run. Uh, I'm going to be uh, sitting down on the May 20th episode um, with uh, Dan Abnett, and we talk a little bit about um, about that book. Uh, so if you want to understand more about Forceworks in the 90s, there, there you go. Uh, Daredevil Punisher number one, Deadpool Massacre number one, uh, the Daredevil by Mark Wade and Chris Somney hardcover, volume 5. Gardens of the Galaxy by Adam and Landing, omnibus hardcover. New issue of Gwenpool. Um, oh, sorry, Gwenpool number zero. Ugh, that's not what I meant. I, I thought it was Spider-Gwen for some reason. A new issue of Invincible Iron Man. New issue of Moon Knight. New Avengers. Nova. Punisher. Uh, it's actually a new launch. Uh, Scarlet Witch. Spider-Gwen. Spider-Man 2099. Thunderbolts has its new launch with our uh, recent friend of the show, Jim Zub, who was on uh, our last episode, episode 2368. Um... May the Zub be with you on May 4th as he has three different uh, projects coming uh, on stands all in one day. A new issue of Uncanny X-Men. There's a reprinting of the Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Hardcover, Volume 1, as well as uh, X-Men 92, Number 3, and the X-Men Days of Future Past Prose Novel Mass Market Edition. Uh, So that's everything coming out uh, tomorrow on 
Wednesday, May 4th. Um, upcoming episodes, uh, we have episode 370 will be coming out on Friday, May 6th. That's our conversation with the Bunker creative team of Josh Fialkov and Joe Infernari. Um, that's from by Oni Press. Um, that was a really fun episode to do. Great guys. And uh, The Bunker is a fantastic sci-fi book uh, that you really should give a shot. Um, I think they're up to what, issue 17. It is going to be ending soon, but it's worth picking up in trade or any way you can get your hands on it because it is a really well-done book. Um, episode 372 coming out the following week on the 13th of May will be our uh, spotlight on Captain America Civil War episode. And then, as I said before, episode after that, 374, will be our conversation with Dan Abnett. And uh, from there, I'm not really sure what the schedule exactly is going to be. We have upcoming episodes coming up with um, John Semper Jr., who is the head story editor for the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s. He's going to be doing an episode coming up. Uh, we have an episode coming up with Paolo Rivera, um, who's an amazing artist and painter. Um, we're working on scheduling for, with Peter David. That's not yet confirmed. Um, and so we have a few other things coming up. But... Um, yeah, so we have some great episodes coming up in the next few months. Um, we might be slowing down a little on the review ep- uh, around the interview episodes soon. Uh, my work schedule is going to be changing, and it may not accommodate uh, doing the interviews as much as I would like. Uh, but we'll have to see. We do have a busy, uh, busy summer schedule for the show anyway, as we uh, slowly ramp up towards episode 400 coming out in August, uh, which I know is three months away, but... Man, we're almost at episode 400. I mean, that's that's a pretty crazy milestone. I'm excited about that. But in the meantime, make sure to check out, check out our next episode with the Bunker Creative Team on Friday, May 6th. Thanks again for joining me today. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.